0: This is a flash of pure inspiration. This man is absolutely mainline, pure footballing magic. You're goddamn right. He emasculates them. Yes. Individually. Yeah. Collectively. Feel that, buddy? Huh? It is on fire. It's a wet dream of orgasmic proportions. Incredible talent, incredible variety, like never seen on any other show before. You people are amazing. We're also down to just two people who understand how to keep time in a soccer game. For fuck's sake, stop saying soccer. No, that's, that's like football without pads, right? Let's have some fun. It's football die. Forgot how good the bass was in that. Yeah, yeah, I like the bass right at the end. Yeah, it's good, good, good bass. OTP off the pitch soccer talk. Um, today is June twenty first. Yes, yeah, sir. We have not been on in a while. The apologies from the show. We've had a rough go of it the past couple of weeks, all with personal things going on that we haven't been able to get on in the airwaves recently. The summers uh, are always tough. Yep. Thank you for bearing with us, and we'll keep. We're gonna keep it going. Um, try to get back onto... I know we said it last time, try to get back onto a routine schedule, um, but the more and more the summer goes on, the more and more things come up. So you'll probably hear from us again in July. Yes, exactly. <laughs> At the current rate, yes. <clears throat> yes. Ho- hopefully not, but like I said, summer's getting a little tough for all of us. Um, that's the busy time of work for me. Um, Pelly gets real busy getting drunk on the back pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl likes sleeping, personally. I do. So... Um, We all have a whole bunch of conflicting things going on that makes it difficult for shows, but we are going to get them out as often as we can moving forward as we usually try to do. Um, But yes, Off the Pitch Soccer Talk, June 21st. No kit number of the week this week because this is the Copa America Centenario Special. (laughs) We're in the semifinals of the tournament tonight. Um, I didn't introduce you guys. I'm sorry. See, we've been away for a little bit. Carl over here with the amazing drops. Uh Pelly, <laughs> <laughs> Pelly with his amazing USA hat on. I'm assuming I, that's in the I believe. Yes, you do. I do too. Um, I'm I'm assuming that's in uh honor of the big game tonight USA versus Argentina, which we will get to. Absolutely. Um, but we are, in. like I said, we're in the semifinals of the tournament now. Um, over the past couple of weeks, the last episode, I believe, was the day before um, opening kickoff of the whole tournament. Correct. So we'll recap the past couple of weeks, how we got to the four teams that are remaining, and we'll do a little bit of a, uh, what do you call them, a prediction segment on who wins the two semifinals, who do we see Winning the championship Of course And
1: in, in revisiting our
0: original Ooh, that's right thoughts. We did have an original an
1: update on the, the tournament
0: Yes, that's right The OTP The OTP tournament The OTP, OTP Copa America Yes, the Copa Centenario America Centenario tournament, Centenario tournament. Um,
1: Loser has to take this sharpie Right in the bunghole <laughs> And you're in last place, JP
0: <laughs> I know It wasn't looking good Yeah, it's not going to be hard for him Don't worry Um I don't even know who the original groups were because I don't have the right thing up. Group A was Colombia,
1: USA, Costa Rica, and Paraguay. Perfect. Uh, Paraguay. USA
0: and Colombia did come out of that group. Correct. Um, Costa Rica, I believe, ha- I had coming out of that group. They were playing good football coming into the tournament. Um, I thought that was a group of death between USA, Colombia, and Costa Rica. USA and Colombia got through. Um, any thoughts or anything that on that group? Um what you liked about any particular games in that group that you liked. Uh, If you want to start your U.S., a little bit of U.S., how they got here out of that group, um, we can go off that. We got pretty beat up by Columbia, didn't we? Right in the beginning, I believe we did. 2-0.
1: loss to open up the tournament, but came back with two successive wins to to get to where they are. But I think we're probably better off leaving that until we talk about the semifinals. But, yeah, I mean... The only t- other thing that I would mention is that Costa Rica was very weak until the last match of the tournament, or the last match of the group stage of the tournament, where they were able to get in there, uh, get the win against Colombia, and actually vault the U.S. into the top spot coming out of that group. Paraguay was very disappointing. Uh, I believe they picked up one point in the entire tournament uh, yeah. by drawing drawing against, against Costa Rica. Rica in the first. Uh, game in the first match, yeah. So both of those teams, I think, were a little bit of disappointment. But the U.S. did what they had to do, got out of that group. Colombia, again, you know, being exactly what we thought they were going to be, probably the best overall team in that group in terms of the quality of victories. However, they did kind of sleep through that last round, which fortunately for them, I don't think really hurt them all that much.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, Group B, and this is where it gets real interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, was Haiti. Peru, Brazil, and Ecuador. Um, and the Brazilians who I picked to win the tournament, and even if you didn't pick them, you have to figure is a favorite in any international competition. Absolutely. Especially Copa America where there's a lot of weaker teams in it. You should They should be getting through group stage 1 million out of 1 million times, <laughs> and they did not do it this time. Um who were the two teams that came out? I believe that was Peru and Ecuador, correct? Correct, yep. In that um, order. In that order. Um Haiti didn't have a that great of a showing. Um but the the big topic of this group, like I said, is Brazil not making it through, and I believe their manager did not survive too much longer after that. He did not. They left him in the US and went back to Brazil. <laughs> Poor Dunga. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, this was a, uh, probably the real quick, of the tournament. Belly, whoop. apologize for all the background noises here. I had a big, big, uh, meltdown before the show. I was throwing things at Carl and Pelly. I was throwing things everywhere. Um, pantless nonetheless. Yes. Yeah, so, oh yeah. No, I was butt naked, losing my mind. Um, but I had to put dishes in because Del Boca Vista Studios is currently going through a little bit of a rebuilding process, and step one is doing the dishes. <laughs> so continue, Pelly. Sorry to cut you off, but I just heard Start it in at the... at the ground floor, right? Yep. Yeah, I just yeah. heard it in the um, headset, so I'm assuming if I can hear it in the headset, you guys can hear it at home. So we apologize that that will be non-existent it's on the after rin- this. It's currently on the rinse cycle, so uh, <laughs> if you can hold out for another 15 minutes, you should be all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Now, Brazil, obviously the biggest storyline of this tournament so far, besides the U.S. kind of shocking the world and making it to, making it to the semifinals, I think is Brazil falling out as early as they did. Uh, we're talking about a team who came up, played a first-round matchup against uh, Chile, if I remember correctly, uh, to a draw. Against Ecuador. Ecuador, that was the 0-0 draw to start yep. off the tournament. A little bit of a surprise there, but everyone kind of sat back and said, you know what, Ecuador's a pretty good team coming into this tournament. You know, you can't blame them for, for not blowing away... You know, a team that has some some quality to them in Ecuador. They play the next round matchup against Haiti, explode all over them, uh, get the win that you would expect them to get, and then lose to Chile to finish off uh, that group. Lose to Peru. Oh, I'm sorry, lose to Peru. Chile's got the other big win of this tournament. Yes. Yeah, but they lose to Peru, which is a total shocker for them. Uh, You know, a Peruvian team that. I think no one in their right mind would have said was going to be one of the two teams that got out of this group. Now, they were solidly going to be the number three in this group, but ultimately for them to come out on top of this group and, and do what they did, they have to be going back to Peru, which unfortunately, I'm going to spoil the secret, they do end up losing in the quarterfinals, but uh, I think they have to be headed back to Peru feeling very, very positive about being able to beat out Brazil and be able to win this group. But yeah, I mean, for Brazil, looking at looking at it as a, a fan or a supporter of Brazil, this probably ranks out as one of the top,
0: at least in the top 10 worst performances in the history of Brazil in, in competitive this is This is arguably worse when I was thinking about it afterwards. I know in the last World Cup they got shelled 8-0 8-1 to Germany. That was at least in a World Cup semifinal where they right, should have been. right. Even you know, if they play a average game, it's not 8-1, 8-0, whatever the final result of that was. Mm-hmm. So yes, disappointing scoreline, but they made it to a point in the tournament where... They're expected to win that tournament. Right. They got and to the point where we're
1: the best of the best at right. that point. You're not
0: playing Peru. Yeah. You're not <laughs> to get through. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I, I think this actually raises a bigger question about the Brazilian national team. Is we really haven't seen this Brazilian team probably since 06 when I think they were a semifinalist, or going even further back to '02, when they won their last World Cup. We haven't seen a dominant Brazil in a long time. This this country is yes we're seeing a lot of good individual talents but this isn't the Brazil of our our parents' generation. I, I
0: think the thing that hurts them is they've got all the individual talents, but now they're spread across the world. Yes. So you bring them together, Very and the cohesive the cohesiveness they don't they only play with each other. Now no Neymar either that hurts a little bit. Of course, Thiago Silva, possibly the best central defender in the world. Yeah, they, they were missing there. a lot of big big names, but when you look at it, you got. Neymar in Spain, you've got uh, Thiago Silva in France, you've got players in the Premiership, you've got players in Serie A, you've got players in the Bundesliga, and they're all half a planet away from the home country. When they all go back together, now they've all got jet lag going into the tournament, they don't get to spend a lot of time in the home country, and they, like I said, there's no cohesion, they don't play together all that often. So I think that's got a very, very big thing to do with it, along with I they didn't feel their best roster they could have. Right. I'm, how much do does Neymar help? Hey, maybe he gets a goal against Haiti, which doesn't do you any good, but maybe he gets a, the goal against Peru. Or Ecuador. Or Ecuador, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, no, that's a very good point. I didn't even actually really think of that. What? the uh, The
0: fact that Brazil... Oh, yeah. In their heyday, they were all playing they in were, Brazil. They were all playing in Brazil. And, and more, Brazil most of them was playing a, on the same teams. Right. Too. They were playing on the same teams. They were constantly down there doing exhibition matches in the offseason, always, always, always playing with each other as a unit. Um, now they don't do that. Mm-hmm. And even when they do have the exhibitions, they'll have it out in Europe and only the European players are playing. And we have them on this hemisphere. It's all the Brazilians who play in Brazil and America playing on the Brazilian team, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of cohesion up and down that roster. Yeah, no, very good point. So I think that pretty well covers it for uh for group B though. Group B. Group C was Jamaica, Venezuela, Mexico, and Uruguay. Um I know Mexico came out. Who was... Did Uruguay get through too? Venezuela. Venezuela got through. Oh, yeah. that was Pelly's pick. And this was
1: probably the second biggest surprise with Uruguay not really showing much of anything. They were, to be totally honest, terrible. Terrible tournament for them. Um, but, you know, Uruguay is not on that same level, I think, in terms of a historic sense as a Brazil. So... Unfortunately, that's why they get dipped down. Didn't use much Luis Suarez, which I think was a huge mistake if they had any desire of winning this. I don't know if it's because they value the Olympics a little bit more, and that's what they're going towards, and they want to win the Olympics, or if they just don't yep. even see the oh, summer yeah. as, a, as, a, as a big attraction for them. I think it was a huge mistake. I think this was a trophy that they could have walked away with had they played their best players, had they played their best football, and unfortunately, they looked tired. They looked you know, out of um, ideas, very uncreative and and really not the Uruguay that we've been, um, you know, accustomed to seeing over the last eight or so years. So, big disappointment there, but um, I think the real pride of this tournament maybe is all the horrible things that have been happening in terms of the violence and the corruption down in Venezuela. For them to punch it through, get into the knockout stages, that was a huge, huge thing for that country and I think, you know, for the the heartfelt stories that come along with you know any sporting event. I think that was probably the number one uh, that we've seen so far. So great for them. Um, Mexico ultimately wins the group, which didn't really mean all that much because they got absolutely embarrassed <laughs> in the quarterfinals, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and then you know Jamaica at the bottom, who weren't te- weren't terrible. You know, I think gave himself a decent representation of what they can do, but unfortunately ran into uh, a group that had. A lot of talent and you know too a lot much of firepower, right? A lot of different teams that were able to, um, you know, really kind of figure them out too, too easily. So, unfortunately, they get dropped out as well.
0: Alrighty, last and not least, uh, Group D: Panama, Bolivia, Argentina, and Chile. Um, Argentina won the group. Chile came in second in the group. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that is the only group that went just about chalk for the group. Yes. Um, Anything outside of Argentina and Chile being the clearly the best two teams in that group, um, or was that pretty much just that, that stock? one? Stock.
1: Yep. No, no analysis needed. That's exactly what That's we exa- thought it was going to be, and exactly how it went. Already
0: golden. Well, that took us to our quarterfinals, um, which pitted the. And we'll go right in order of which games happened in chronological order here. Uh, USA versus Ecuador. Uh, USA won in a two-one uh, game. Full-time, no extra time needed. Uh, Pella, you watch this game. Uh, Big win for the United States moving on to the semifinals. Um, What did you like out of them? What didn't you like out of them? Uh, There was a lot to like. I thought they pounced
1: uh, early. They were by far the better team in the first half. Um, Ecuador looked very timid. Didn't really know what they were doing. Had a couple of reasonable opportunities, but nothing really Surefire. Um, but they were they were very, very good in the first half of this match. Second half, you had the uh, dual red cards happen between Jermaine Jones and I think it was Antonio Valencia. Both of them getting booted out of the match, which I thought was insane. Um, I think the, the referee overreacted to a situation that there was a clear red for Antonio Valencia. He was going off. Or actually, was a. I think it might have been an accumulation yellow now that I think of it. But he's redded off. You knew that that was very clear in the U.S., players came to the aid of the player who was taken down and and i believe it was fabian johnson possibly matt Beasler on that left side they come to his aid they get in the guy's face nothing remotely close to a red cardable offense happens and then we see a red car fly out there for jermaine jones who honestly i didn't see anything that he did it would have been john brooks would have been the one that i thought would have been redded for anything and you know now you lose jermaine jones going to the semifinal matchup uh, you have an accumulation yellow issue with uh, Bobby Wood and uh, Alejandro Bedoya going going forward. Um, but the match itself, I mean, this was, and I wrote about this on my, my WordPress now that I got going on. Um, this was a match going into it that Jurgen Klinsmann had to have. Uh, you started off this tournament with Colombia beating you. Sunil Gulati, who is the president of the U.S. Soccer Federation, comes out and says, if we don't see more... You know We can't guarantee anyone's job. And for Jurgen Klinsmann to make one World Cup rotation and to get to this Copa America and do nothing, you had to think that there was going to be a ramification. And for me, getting out of group was great. I think everyone was happy with that, and everyone was back to, okay, even if they lose in this quarterfinal, Klinsmann's not going anywhere. Winning this, however, in this quarterfinal against the 13th-ranked, FIFA-ranked uh, Ecuador team, for me catapulted Klinsman to guarantee that he will be here in at least twenty eighteen so this was a huge win for him and this was a win against a quality opponent that we haven't seen the u s get a lot of wins against recently a win against a uh a team from a qualifying region that m- many would consider at least one of the top two in the world if not you know as good as Europe pretty darn close and you know for clinsman and this team this was gonna this is as of right now is probably the signature win that they will have over the last since you've been there six years yeah Yeah. so really really great stuff for them uh from the ecuador side of things disappointing didn't settle into this match nearly early enough looked they weren't even physical they were just overly aggressive silly tackles silly cards uh very very stray passes never really got into the the run of the game and then when they finally started creating opportunities in the second half because things were starting to open up because you only had 10 guys on the field um it was already too late. You know, you're already in a two-goal hole at that point. They get the one back. They had a couple of good opportunities. They may have been able to, to level this up at one point in time in the second half. But for me, you expended all the energy getting to that point. And unfortunately, in the first half, they just couldn't figure anything out when it came to the U.S. and, and the way that they were playing.
0: All right. The second match, quarterfinal matchup, was Peru-Colombia. The only match so far in this tournament to go to PKs. Colombia won 4-2. Um, Colombia got through. I liked Columbia coming in to the tournament. I thought they were one of the underrated better teams, mm-hmm. um, and they advanced their way through the quarterfinal into the semifinal round. Um, did you catch any of this game? Or Unfortunately not.
1: This is the only one that I really didn't have too much of a finger on the pulse of. Um, I mean, just from a Colombia perspective, talking about them in the group play, I think losing against Costa Rica set up this match very, very poorly for them. Now you play a Peruvian team who's on a very big high. Yep. They're able to play you to a you know to a step, every step of the way, and bring you into PKs when Colombia is by
0: far the more talented team of the two. Yep. And, and I'm, Peru is probably playing for PKs the whole time, exactly. knowing their own man. They are pumped to be in the situation that they're in, and they're probably saying, hey, if we get to PKs, anything can happen. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go their way, but mm-hmm. I think that's the only chance Peru had at winning the game, was yep. getting it to PKs and... Hoping that somebody hits a bar or straight misses. Exactly. And I think, you know, for Colombia to get through, they were very fortunate. And
1: unfortunately for them, they're going into an absolute buzzsaw of Chile in this next matchup for them. So I think ultimately, I don't feel very confident with them going forward. And what they've done in this tournament, I don't ultimately, I, I think they proved a lot of people that that World Cup four years ago, or two years ago now, um, that was an aberration. I don't think this team is that good. I think they're good. They have some world-class talents for sure, but they are not that good all 11. You know, you're talking about a team that has maybe four, five players that are really on that upper crust of of players in the world, and then you've got five or six guys who unfortunately just aren't on that same level. Um,
0: But good
1: for them to get to the semifinal. I just don't have much faith in them going forward. Yep. Um,
0: This past Saturday, Argentina versus Venezuela right here at Gillette Stadium. 4-1 for Argentina. Um, How many goals did Messi get in that one?
1: One, I think. Only one? Only one. Okay, good. I'm
0: glad I I didn't go then because I would have been really mad. I I would (laughs) have wanted to see the Messi hat-trick. Yeah, uh, I think Higuain had two, and I
1: forget who the other scorer was. I want to say it was... Well, Did they play 11 men
0: forward like they should be doing?
1: Uh, (laughs) They went up up 2-0. They gave up the goal. Then they gave up the third and the fourth. Uh, I think the third was at the end of the second half, or right in the. Be- or I'm sorry, the, the end of the first half, or right in the beginning of the second. And then the fourth one was about halfway through. They called off the dogs late. Um, yeah. I think it could have been much worse. Venezuela, I mean, good for them. Honestly, a 4-1 scoreline is not that bad in the grand scheme of Argentina being the number one FIFA ranked team in the world right yeah, now. With the best m- yeah. best <laughs> offense, they can legitimately <laughs>
0: run 11 forwards out there and just decide, no, we're going to keep it in your yeah. box and keep scoring. They have a top
1: five world or they have two of the top probably eight best strikers in the world plus you have Messi who if you want to consider him a striker is the you know the best in the world um so for them to go out 4-1 quarterfinals great showing for Venezuela you can't feel can't feel poorly about what they did here very valiant effort for them and I think a very positive thing for that country that is absolutely I mean even worse off than America if you want to believe that um however from the Argentinian side of things this team is rolling. <laughs> I can't think of a good enough analogy. They're going into this match tonight. They have to be feeling very, 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 very good, uh, especially with the U.S. missing two-thirds of their, their midfield, um, missing probably their best uh, counterattacking striker that they have on in the entire team right now. This team is just rolling. <laughs> like... To have that much talent, it's just, it's unfair. You're talking about that many strikers.
0: You're literally talking, they can put, like you said, they can put four of arguably, you can make an argument that four out of their top five strikers are arguably four out of the best five strikers goal scorers in the world. Exactly. So that means you're bringing one off a bench. Like, that's how Sergio Aguero came off the bench. Yeah, like, that's, that's. that's cheating. <laughs> that, that's <a laughs> he doesn't come off the bench for his club team. Never mind. No, no he for, doesn't come off the field for his club team, yeah, and exactly. he can't get on the field for his international team. It's, Let's be real. That's, a, that's, a, little, that's a little ridiculous. And
1: I mean, I think even on top of that, I mean, you've got a guy in uh, Ever Benenga who plays in that midfield for for um, Argentina who just won uh, Europa League with Sevilla. Yeah, You've got Angel de Maria, PSG, who plays in their in their midfield as an attacking midfielder.
0: Fantastic talent there. You know, you're talking about Zabaleta, right back. I know he's getting a little older now, but he's he just Javier Mascherano plays for Argentina too, doesn't he? Yeah, Javier Mascherano on
1: the yeah. left side. It's, it's insane. It, they've got they've got it in every area. Marcos Rojo. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the central defenders. Uh, N- Nicholas. They o- don't o- need o- any defenders. O- o- Tem- yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Otamendi. Yeah. Um, Sergio Romero in goal. Who's not a great goalkeeper, but doesn't have to be. I mean, no, I mean, he can give up. Just yeah, yeah. Just just don't let him walk it into the net at that point. And, um, you know, they've just got it in every area. Uh, unfortunately for the U.S. and unfortunately for any team in this in this tournament, you're going to have to come with the best tactical approach possible. And, and then you're not have screw to ho- up yeah, at all. And you're going to have to hope that you have luck on your side. And yep. that's basically
0: what it comes down to with Argentina right now. They're just fantastic. Last quarterfinal matchup. arguably the most shocking match in the entire tournament. And not necessarily the outcome, per se, but the margin of victory that Chile beat yeah. Mexico by 7-0. I believe that was in Dallas, too. Sounds um right. And so Mexico's got the home field advantage, if you will, and just laid a goose egg. That's one of those. Uh, Brazil-Germany, last World Cup. I know that was in the semifinals, not the quarters, but still, you've got an opportunity here where you can get through, beat a hot team. And it's one thing to not get through. It's one thing to lose by a goal or two. It's one thing to get outplayed. It's one thing to lose in PKs, but to just get outclassed, look like a JV team <laughs> out there against a big boy, big boy state champion club. Um, Mexico should be going home and be afraid that they're going to have all their heads on, uh, pillars later on this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: not Um, yeah, Chile, they showed exactly what kind of squad they are. I mean, you're talking Naturo Vidal, who I think is probably one of the top 10 central midfielders in football today. You've got Alexis Sanchez with you know, the, the type of player that he can be on his day who is, you know, rank him wherever you want. Eduardo Vargas, who had a fantastic, I think he had three, maybe even four of those seven goals in this match. He, fantastic. You know, he was able to come out and play real well. I don't think Chile is that much better than Mexico. I think it was Mexico playing that poorly. But if you play poorly against world-level top 10... They, top they 18, will take advantage of exactly, you. Exactly, and that's what Chile did here. Chile played the way that you would expect them to play. So
0: Mexico, they got a pretty solid
1: D in the, in the back there. <laughs> Useful. <laughs> Useful phrase. Um, but no, they had a very poor D in the back and um, you know got absolutely ripped apart. That the D ripped them apart is what it came
0: down to. <laughs> all right. well that brings us to a semifinal matchups um, tonight is at nine o'clock. I'm a, I'm going to stay up and watch a game. I'm assuming you two will stay for part of it, if not all of it. Um, after we do off the wagon, um, but USA Argentina nine o'clock in Houston. Houston has become the. Home field, Houston, Columbus are the two big home field advantages. I think Seattle's for, getting in there now, too. Yep, but. for the United States um, against Argentina, who right now is the buzz saw, probably the best team in the world. Um, how do you see this match going? Does the United States stand any chance? Is this going to be an 8-0 blowout? Or if it's 4-0 at half, I don't think Argentina's going to score. Another four more because I think they're just going to play 7-on-11 and not let any of their big names get injured. Yeah. Um, Any remote chance that the USA wins? No. Um,
1: And I I don't say that emphatically because of the fact that we saw this U.S. team play against Germany two years ago. World Cup winners. People who beat Argentina in in that same World Cup. In the final. In in the final. And I'm not going to put the USA on the same level as what they did there or or anything of that nature, but they weren't totally outclassed. They were not the better team by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the U.S. and Jurgen Klinsmann are going to come to this match with a very realistic point of view of these guys are much better than we are. We need to go out here and play a tactic that makes sense which is going to be highly defensive. <laughs> Pack everybody in our Pack box. <laughs> They're going to have 11 guys in that Staying box. Staying everybody in the goal won. line.
0: Uh, human pyramid. Yeah, Human pyramid. They're just going to make a wall. <laughs> Get in that's the PKs and, the hold, <laughs> and hope that one of their 19 strikers doesn't score. Exactly. And I think that's their best bet. You know, it wasn't too long ago.
1: It was only seven years ago now where they shocked the world and beat Spain in a run that they were you know, pretty much undefeated for you know Best team in the world for six, years. seven years. Exactly. Leading up to that 2010 World Cup. Um, I'm not saying that this is that type of scenario. I'm not saying that they're going to do something like that. But I look at Jürgen Klinsmann, and I think this is an opportunity for him. He's playing with house money. This is as far as he expected to get. This is as far as anyone who is a reasonable U.S. soccer fan could have expected them to get. And at this point, the way that this thing has fallen out is that you have Argentina, the best team in in the mm-hmm. tournament, no questions asked. They're on your soil. What can you show us? You know, can you, this is, I, I don't look at this match and say that the talent differential should ultimately be the storyline for this match. I look at this and say Jurgen Klinsmann was hired to be able to take these types of matches and make them closer than they actually so are. So what, what's paper. a
0: reasonable, if you, if you say no chance, they're going to lose tonight, what's a reasonable scoreline to you? 4 0. Yeah, 4 1. 4 0. 3 2. Like, what? what's a reasonable scoreline? Because you, you know Argentina's going to put the ball in the breadbasket oh, yeah. more than once. Yeah. And that's, I'm not saying 4 outrageously here. No. Argentina's that good, and one bad pass by the United States, turnover goes the other way, and quick transition 10 seconds, you have an Argentina goal. You do it again 10 minutes later, and all of a sudden you're quickly down. Even if you get the first goal in the game, Argentina will put 4 5 up in a Five, six minute span, no exaggeration. Yeah.
1: I think worst case scenario I look at this match, the, the worst possible outcome that, that I you can could see accept. Well accept
0: be, or that you can see.
1: Uh kind of a combination of both, because I mean I can I can see Yes, yeah. I have to see and accept basically what the worst worst possible scenario would be. I would think the US, with the way that their defense has played this tournament I think it's reasonable to say the worst thing that could possibly happen would be a 4-0 loss. 4-0 loss? A 4-0 loss.
0: So then, like, so what do you think is a
1: good loss, then? If they only give up 2? If I think best case scenario for this team, going into it, the most reasonable outcome that I would sit here and say is something along the lines of maybe 2-1. 2-1. I don't think they're going to be able to mount much of an attack because it's going to have to be on it's the counter. Be all, it's be have, yep, they're it's not going to get s- any possession. Exactly. Stop it up and run. This is more of a match of what can Klinsman put out there to at least make this thing competitive? Make er- Argentino
0: earn it. Right. That's that. That's my expectation. Make them earn it. If they're going to go off and put four world-class goals on the back of the net and there's what nothing you, gonna you can do, do about that, fine. What are you going to do? If you're going to turn over four goals, then that's right. If they're that's what you can't be doing. Exactly. If they're diddling around with the ball in the back
1: and they're not clearing their lines and they're not defending and they're not marking up on, on set pieces, that's when you kind of sit back and say, okay, this was a lame effort. But ultimately... I think the U.S. is going to be up for this one. Unfortunately, I think they'll probably give up one early, which is a doomsday against this Argentina team. I think they'll give one up within the first 10 minutes, and I think Argentina is going to be able to just possess for the rest of the game, create opportunities. Maybe the U.S. catches them on one of those counters later in the match, but I think ultimately you're going to be able to see Argentina get at least two, if not as many as four. I think after that, then you're starting to say, okay, what the hell are you doing, guys? Right,
0: right. And that's the only reason why I don't think Argentina will score more than four. In the quarterfinal match, they didn't need to score more than four, and they call the dogs off. Hey, there's no need to go off and get anybody pulling any muscles here or anything. I think you see something very similar. If the score gets out of hand early, Argentina isn't going to go put up eight goals unless the U.S. just starts passing the ball to Messi and says, hey, just keep putting it in the back of the net. (laughs) I think Argentina is a classy enough team and understands that we don't need eight goals to advance. We need more than the other team, and as long as we're comfortable with a two-three-goal lead, I think they'll call off the dogs. Um, I personally think the U.S. I don't think it's impossible for the... You say no. I say I, I think they can win. You um, say I believe. I believe. I believe I'd pick the U.S. to go to the finals in this um, against Brazil. The other half didn't work out. Um, I think they need a lot of luck. They need the eight-headed monster of the Argentinian attack to be off just a touch. They need them to hit four or five posts. They need a whole bunch of out-of-my-ass saves. Um, they got to be perfect. Like I said, they, their big thing is they cannot turn the ball over in the defensive end against this Argentina team because this isn't a team that's going to miss more than one or two of those opportunities. If you're consistently doing that all game long, you're going to get hosed with a four-inch like, fire hose. You're not going to stand a chance. Um... With all that said, I think if they can get it into extra time, somehow miraculously, my thing is to get an extra time, I think you're going to need two goals. I, RG, you're not going to shut Argentina out. I don't think you can hold them to one. If you can hold them to two, maybe get lucky on a set piece and get one breakout, one counter where you bury one. I think that's how you get to a 2-2 score. And then you get to extra time, you make the human pyramid And I'm not lying. I don't think that's a bad strategy. And you line everybody up on that goal line and you say nothing's getting by us. And unfortunately, your odds aren't much better in PKs than they are in the game, in the actual game, because you've got five of the best PK takers in the world going up against you. Mm. But you have to take your odds that way. Um, I don't think Klinsman's necessarily looking at this like house money. I think Klinsman's going off to more than prove that he's worth the spot. I think he's going on there and saying, I want to be here for two World Cups. I want to make this my baby. My philosophy is working. He's been criticized a lot the past couple of years about bringing these kids over from Europe, the young kids. Um, we haven't seen too too many of them yet. They're still around 20, 21 years old. But I think he wants to say my, the, my strategy, my tactics, my tactics on the pitch and off the pitch, for that matter, when it comes to recruiting players, is working. And I wouldn't be surprised. He can't just go balls to the wall. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see them, the U.S. a little more attacking than what we think. What's going to happen to Jurgen if, if oh, he like, loses this? If, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't want him to win the quarterfinal matchup because I want him out personally. Right. Um, he's already safe for the next World Cup. Yeah. So, it is what it is. If he wins it, he's in a spot right now where he can't go down from losing against Argentina. You're losing against a team that is a better team than you, will outclass you. Best team in the world. Um, nothing he can do about that. But if he wins, if he can knock them off, now he's looking at okay. Now I've got expectations too, and yeah. we'll see if he can hold those expectations in the upcoming World Cup. Assuming that you they think win. he's going to fold, um, I don't in the think next high pressure situation. If he does make it past Argentina, I it, it really comes down to how they play tonight. If they come out and give up four goals in the first half, and they look like a sieve, yeah, then you don't have the players with you. If they lose 2-1, right. 3-1, but he's got the he's got the team playing hard, working hard, still the high work rate in the 85th minute thinking, "Hey, we're still in this. We got to attack, but we're still in it." Then th- that's that will change my opinion depending on how the game goes. If the players sit on their hands early and say, "Oh, we just don't want to give up 10 goals to Argentina," then I think that tells a lot about what Klinsman thought process is in games like this. If he can get the United States to, like I said, have a high work rate for 90 minutes, if not hopefully 120, then then I'll reevaluate after that happens. But I think the USA can can win this. Uh, like I said, they need to have the perfect game. They need to have the perfect amount of luck. And then you need to hope that one of the Argentinians miss some PKs. I think that's the only chance you have. Um, the other quarterfinal matchup which will be played tomorrow is Col or excuse me semi is Colombia Chile. Uh Chile is the defending Copa America champs. Uh, I do love myself some Colombian soccer. So I'm very intrigued about this matchup. Uh Pelly who do you think's going to advance? Chile's coming in hot. Colombia's coming in cold. I
1: think it's uh simple math equation here that you've got one team that has a lot of momentum playing well is comfortable within this tournament. And then on the other side of it, you have a team who has played really since their first round matchup against the U.S. or maybe against Paraguay when they were able to walk away with, with that one. Unfortunately for them, they've had two matches in a row where they've looked very pedestrian. They've lost to a average, at best, Costa Rica squad. They went to PKs against a upstart Peru team. We'll give them that, but I don't think a Peru team I was expecting to be in the knockout stages. And ultimately, they're here... More so on luck than I think skill at this point. If they do that against Brazil, are we talking about? Are we talking about um, Colombia making it through? No, I think Brazil has this thing, and, and you know they're walking their way into the semifinals. So, for me, I think Colombia is in, in a really tough spot. Uh, I like Chile in this one, and I like them convincingly. I'd say maybe a three-one a or you know a two-nil or something like that. So, I think we're going to see Chile in that final, pretty convincingly.
0: I'm going to respectfully disagree. I think Columbia's is due for a good game. I think they play to their opponent's skill level. I think mean, they've been playing down to their opponents. Now they've got a real team who can go off and kick it with the best of them. Um, and Chile's due for a down game. I know you're saying the odds are you got the hot team coming against a cold team. Well, I think the odds have to flip on each team at some point. I see the perfect math equation going the other way. I think Columbia can – they're not – maybe not a convincing win – but I think Columbia squeaks through, and all of a sudden says after like you said this past four or six years when they've been supposedly on the up and coming, up and coming, mm-hmm. haven't broken through yet. I think this is their coming out party, and I think that you see a USA Columbia final. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pick the USA. A
1: rematch of the first match of the.
0: I'm uh, gonna say, tournament. and I'll lead into that. Before, we won't do the third. Well, maybe we'll do the third place game in a minute. But I'll lead with my predictions, and I'll, probably I'll toss over you. I've got USA Columbia in the final. I had Columbia, or uh, USA in the final from the beginning, so I'm sticking with it. Um, no reason not to. <laughs> but Columbia in Olympic qualifying had the USA's number. And I know that's a different squad. I know that's your under-21s. Um, in the first match of this tournament, Columbia had your number pretty convincingly. And I don't think the US has what it takes to... I think... The top end of Colombia is better than the top end of the U.S. The last two or three on Colombia might not be as good as a bottom three for the U.S., but I think Colombia's top end talent will win, and I think Colombia wins it now. Wow. I still, I'm going to stick with Argentina. Uh, Uruguay was my
1: team winning it coming out, uh, which was obviously very wrong. Um,. Chile-Argentina seems, I mean, these are the two best teams in the tournament. I think they've proven that throughout the entire tournament, that they have the most quality between the two of them. Um, Ultimately, you put these two on the pitch, Argentina wins. (laughs) Not a lot of analysis here. Um, 5-1, 6-1? Yeah, I don't think they will be a blowout. I don't think it'll be a blowout. blowout. Argentina will score three goals in the first ten minutes and pack it up. (laughs) Argentina versus Chile, I think that would be a very exciting matchup. I think, ultimately, Argentina wins it. I think that's going to be a fun final to watch. I'd say 3-2 Argentina.
0: All Carl, any predictions? I'm going to Argentina. Argentina? Well, you picked Argentina right off the bat, too, didn't you? I did. You did. So, before we... Uh, um, oh, actually, you know what? Real unaware. I'm not going to comment on this. But the third place match, assuming the U.S. loses, mm-hmm. assuming the Colombia loses, I picked the two upsets. But can the U.S. get off of the Schneid against Colombia in the third place game, or do you think Colombia they've just got their number right now and they're not going to beat them?
1: No, I think um, depending on the outcome of this Argentina U.S. matchup tonight, I wouldn't be totally shocked if the U.S. goes into that match and, and squeaks one out. Especially a Colombian team who, if they lose, they're going to be pretty down. The U.S. Yep. team if they lose, they're just well the where U.S. They keeps it <laughs> right, right. If they
0: if they lose Argentina, but. They play well, and they say, hey, look, that's Argentina. We can't beat right. Argentina on our best day. But they can play a good, motivating game. I think that's how the U.S. wins. I think if the U.S. gets blown out tonight, it doesn't matter. I think then they're going to be down on themselves as well. Then um, I think they lose to Colombia. But I think if they play a good match against, tonight against Argentina, like you said, Colombia will be down. Because I think Colombia, in their heads, thinks that they can win this. Right. And they can win it. I, mean, I just picked them to win it. Um, but realistically, their mindset isn't quite there yet. And I think they're shooting for the stars. And instead of being happy we're reaching the moon, they're going to say, nope, let's go back to Earth. And we don't care about this third place game. Yep. I think that's how the U.S. gets a third place finish. Yep. Okay, I can totally agree with that. All righty. So before we close up shop here on off the pitch soccer talk, uh, Pelly, what is the current score for the off the pitch Copa America? Centenario bracket. Currently, we have Carl
1: with 10 points. Brackets badger. I match him on 10 points currently. And JP, just behind with 9 points. (laughs) Costa Rica pick killed you at this point. Uh, We were... Me and Carl were perfect for the A bracket, having Colombia and the U.S. uh, advancing. You had Costa Rica. That was your one mistake, one big mistake so far. Uh, All of us had Brazil, Ecuador, in Group B. We all got one point there. Um, Little mix and match between um, Mexico and Uruguay. Actually, I'm sorry. We all had Mexico, Uruguay, just in different orders. Uh, But all of us pulled up one point there. And then all of us were perfect with Argentina, Chile, in Group D. Uh, So that calculated out for six points for carl six points for myself and five points for jp going into the semifinals, the knockout rounds carl had colombia and argentina winning their knockout rounds two points for each of those same mm-hmm. thing for myself colombia and argentina picking up two points there jp had the u.s and chile so two completely different teams uh pulling <laughs> I'll out take my
0: four points off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a unique four points for sure um however going into the finals here JP has the U.S. in the finals. I have Argentina in the finals. Carl has Argentina in the finals and has them winning. Therefore, he has the highest opportunity for points remaining. Um,
0: but if the U.S. wins tonight, I win. You would win. Woo. woo. I. Woo, woo, Danny Woo. I believe. <laughs> I believe that. Now he believes. Um, but, yeah, no, that's it. Um next week or next time we get on the air, hopefully it's next week, we will go through the Euro Cup cuz we have not touched on that at all as a show yet. Um we'll go by that point we will be through group stage right now they're finishing up their group stage in the next couple days. Um so we'll do a recap of that tournament. Um I think it, even the first round of knockouts would be done by then, I think. Yep. Yep. Depending on which depending on how if we go early in the week or later in the week. Mm-hmm. Um but we'll do that. So that next time will be our Euro Cup special, Probably no kit number then either twenty six that 's going to be the next one there 's not a lot of good twenty sixes so we 're going to try to hold off on this for a little bit. Um, but with the world of soccer, like we always say there 's always transfer news. The Olympics are coming up, another big international tournament which i 'm get i 'm very excited about you get to see the best young players in the world uh coming up and what you 're looking at, really for a landscape of soccer in the next ten fifteen years as uh, the tournament's progressing as the players progress and get older um the champion or, uh the premier League is gonna be just around the corner we 're only a month and a half out from that starting i believe uh champions league draw i believe actually they 've got one more round of playing games i think the yeah, playing games will start in, i think they start the week after um probably in august I the think. week after the euro cups end. The year cup ends, and I believe that week is a playing games. Oh, so so we'll have July. Man. Yeah, so we'll have a Champions League draw mid to late July. Um, so we'll be talking about that and anything else that you want to discuss with us or have us discuss on off the pitch. You can hit us up at OTP Soccer Talk on Twitter. Um, after this, I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette, uh, and then we're gonna do off the wagon, which will be directly above this on the off the wagon. Uh, Sports Radio Network. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, Pelly, what are our topics for Off the Wagon tonight? Talking about a Stanley Cup champion
1: being crowned. Talking about an NBA Finals champion being crowned. And some would say a king being crowned. But we'll get into why that's uh, debatable. It's a bunch of horse hockey. <laughs> um, so talking horse bit, hockey.
0: Horse hockey. Never heard that one before. I forgot I where that's I heard that. That's a about. new
1: one. I might have made it up. Um, <laughs> but then the Boston Celtics uh, NBA draft coming up in two days now so obviously their lack of movement scaring the hell out of us
0: Celtics fans uh, And then the Dragon ra- Bender Dragon I'm, Bender I'm pumped I am pumped for a little bit of Dragon oh uh, yeah <laughs> can't wait for that Jersey um, and then
1: the uh, Boston Red Sox a little bit uh, about their summer swoon now that the weather's heating up a little bit they're uh, playing a little bit a little bit more average baseball some question marks about that team and then we will finish it off with a recap of the U.S. Open. DJ yeah. getting his first
0: uh, majors crown, so good for him. Sounds good. Like I said, thank you for listening to Off the Pitch Saga Talk. We're going to try to be more consistent in the next couple of weeks. The guy over here on the DJ board is Carl Badger. The guy to my right with the USA hat, uh, that is Zachary Um I'm your host, J.P. Shannard. Hey, let's go bl- United States tonight, huh?